I'm Bulbul Huda. I'm the brand creator and chief marketing officer of Vela Bioscience. And I'm Carolyn Wheeler, and I'm the co-founder and COO of Vela Bioscience. And what we love about beauty is that when it's at its best and when we're at our best, it's a way to show and express self-love. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Beauty Is Your Business. I'm Jessica Quick, your co-host. And today, Denise and I, along with our guests, are buzzing about sexual wellness and science. In the U.S., this is an emerging category We've seen it come into the marketplace recently with online retailers like Goop and Violet Gray, Revolve, but most recently opening up in some retailers. We had launches recently in Ulta in 2019, in 2021 launched at Nordstrom, and then this year in early 2022 launching a sexual wellness category at Sephora. So really truly on the forefront of a brand new category. And on this episode, we're going to dive in with Vela Bioscience. We're joined by Bobo and Carolyn. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And Vela is a health and wellness company that really has specialized in female pleasure as well as really helping all aspects of the female areas in things like period pain and even dryness. So it's going to be a really rich conversation what makes it fun, too, is that Denise today is still joining us from Europe. Hey, Denise. Hi, everyone. I am excited to talk about this subject because over in Europe, as you can imagine, sexual wellness and so forth is been a topic that gets conveyed and communicated across a lot of different media channels and so forth. So it's very normal here to be speaking about women and sexual wellness. So I am thrilled to have you ladies on the show. Thank you, Denise. I can't imagine the time difference, but I hope it's not too late for you. <laughs> Nine hours. Okay. <laughs> she seems to do better from Europe, so we always like when she's there. So, Bobo and Carolyn, welcome. Bobo has a long, great resume in the beauty space, really, truly a beauty expert, starting her career at L'Oreal and moving to companies like Unilever and Shiseido before she moved over to Vela. And Carolyn, she's got a great background in design. Yeah, my resume. <laughs> Bobo and I are like oil and water, but in the best way. So my resume makes no sense like Bobo's does. Her trajectory is very clear to how she got here, but mine, I'd love to hear what is my bio. <laughs> no, I think yours is fascinating because the fact that you come from design and architecture, that you came from the Harvard University Graduate School of Design, you have a very different approach, like you're saying, but a more science and visual approach, which actually helps really understand Vela. And ultimately, by ending up at the health and wellness company in which you were doing, you weren't doing the research, but the company was doing the research on cannabis, really launched you into that space. And so what I'd love to understand, and I think you did a nice job explaining the partnership between you and Bobo as executives in this company, how you really started Vela and getting it off the ground. And I think you both bring very different skill sets, but very necessary ones for not only a startup, but an emerging category. I can give the Genesis story. So Bella was actually started at another company called Man and Molecular Science, which 
was founded by Bella's two current co-founders as well. They founded Man and Molecular Science with the hypothesis that with the legalization of cannabis and cannabinoids, more particularly, that there was going to be an opportunity to bring over pharmaceutical technology and drug development expertise using these new molecules that were now available to use for the very first time. So once those molecules became available, they thought, okay, well, let's figure out how we can make novel drug delivery systems and really exploit this new molecule to its full extent. And as part of that, we went to a conference about cannabinoid science that was the very beginning of the legalization movement. I think at that point, California had just recently passed legalization. And we met with Dr. Heron Pabinathan, who was doing his own research about CBD in particular as perhaps a molecule that could create for women the same physiological or similar physiological response as Viagra does for men. And this is an important thing to know about Heron is that Heron was the lead principal investigator for Viagra. He knows what he's doing. And so we met him and we said, hey, like, this is amazing. We're both on the same wavelength here. We'll fund the rest of your research on this. So we did preclinical studies and clinical studies. And when those results came back, that basically indicated that CBD, if given, delivered in a dose-respondent manner, would create what's called vaginal smooth muscle relaxation. Smooth muscle relaxation is the same thing that Viagra does for men's penile tissue. So then the next question became, okay, well, now we know this because it requires a lot of CBD to get to the site of action. So now that we know this, how are we going to get the CBD to where it needs to go? And that's where the genius of Dr. Michael Fred, who's on the team, who I mentioned before, he developed a way to encapsulate CBD in liposomes. Liposomes have been around a lot. They were used heavily in pharmaceutical development, even in the COVID vaccine, but they are very cost prohibitive to make. I think L'Oreal was using them back in the 70s. I don't think anymore, though, because of how expensive they are, but Michael developed a way to what he calls a one-pot manufacturing method to make the liposomes in the way that we need them to be made in a very economical and scalable way. And so once we had that, we did the clinical study with humans, and that showed that it worked, and it worked really well. And at that point, we realized we have to spin this out. We're no longer going to be a cannabis company. This isn't a CBD product. This is just a molecule that works. This is the active ingredient and that's it. And so we spun out the company in 2020. Bulbul, we had a wonderful recommendation that we are still so grateful to her for. She was actually the former U.S. marketing lead for Viagra. She and Bulbul knew each other. And she said, I have the perfect person for you to help you guys really get this off the ground because we knew we wanted to get it to market as quickly as possible and not do a medical play, we not make medical claims and to really get into a prestige beauty place that Bobo can speak better to. But that plan was in order to basically to help destigmatize the topic. The prestige part is like, let's destigmatize it from the top and also let's get it to market as quickly as possible. And so we launched 
we went to market in May 2021. Carolyn, you did a great job explaining the science. And now I really want to dive into, now that you've got a great product, how do you bring it to market? Which obviously, Bulbo, that's where you come in. Right. So as Carolyn rightly explained, and given what we chatted about, my background being in beauty. So as you can imagine, my entire career, I've only ever sold a hope in a jar because there is no product that you can actually use that changes the way you look. It only changes the way you feel about yourself. And here comes Vela with all the amazing science and all the research and years of work that had gone into it. I was hitting a jackpot here, you guys. When I saw the product, my first instinct was, this is sensual intelligence in a bottle. And that's really where we started, literally on the drawing board and said, what should be the concept? What should be the insights to drive this category? And Carolyn touched upon the stigmas, which were real, even in 2020. I had the privilege of speaking to a lot of women over Zoom calls, because as we all recall, the infamous year of 2020, we were all cooped up, so there was not much to do. So I was sitting on Zoom calls, chatting about sex with very many women across the country. And I recognized very quickly that women are not comfortable speaking about sex. That much is true. And these were the same women who were, you know, claiming the proverbial stake in boardrooms and really fighting for rights and wanting to be ahead of the curve in every other avenue of their lives. But somehow they were very satisfied or there was no need for improvement in the bedroom articulated which made it even harder. And then when we started to really get down to it, it seemed like because society has conditioned us to never think about female pleasure as priority, it never was. So it was a real opportunity to, to start a conversation, to build a narrative that puts the power of your pleasure in your hands. Why must you, A, go through a lifetime never experiencing pleasure? Why must you not admit and recognize the orgasm gap that is so vivid? And why must you not do something about it? This is now 2020. It was then. And if not now, then when? And that really informed how we developed Vela as a brand, how we brought her to market. It was very intentional in everything we did, the verbal identity, what language we will use. We will never assign nicknames to body parts. We will never shy away from what the benefit statement is. We built a category. We were the first ones to call out a pre-play topical serum for arousal and orgasm. And I'm very proud of it. Now we've seen in the past two years, very many, I call them ankle biters. And you know, imitation is the best form of flattery. But I'm seeing this language across other brands of pre-play, of calling this a serum. Technically, it's not a serum, but the language was very beautifully inserted there so that, you know, she's familiar with serum from a beauty perspective. She knows the serum is good for her as much as it is for her pleasure. You know, the packaging that we chose is the exact same packaging that very many prestige beauty brands use for their moisturizers. And this was not by chance. This was not coincidental. It was very intentional. And that was the first part. I think we spent around and we had rapid speed to market. I think from the time we built the company to launching, it was about 10 months. In this record time, the bulk of the time actually went into building the story, building the narrative visually and verbally. And then thanks to Carolyn, like she said, us oil and water combination, her operational efficiency really helped us encounter the challenges from supply chain. Our pack packaging was coming from China. 
and it all had to work on clockwork for us to deliver on the timing of launch and you know new contract manufacturer new packaging supplier new company on top of this complexity we are a virtual company so like we had never met in person until 2022 so to have that trust in each other to really build the way of working i think all of it just worked very serendipitously to bring us to where we are today what I really loved when I met you two originally in July, I think, of 2022, was you were very clear about the positioning of Vela. And I'd like to dive into that because I do think that's another point of difference against other competitors. Talk to me and tell our audience a bit about this really clear point of differentiation for Vela and your clear vision for it. So it came from a lot of information, a lot of listening and unlearning. Because given that sexual wellness was new, like you said, it's an emerging category. So there was no playbook. In beauty, there are playbooks. So if we had to do it, you only get one time to get it right. And I think my strengths over my career has been to understand consumer insight. I can figure out what is the best way to get to the consumer. And that really informed all the briefs that we put out in the world. We got the right agency partners to help build this vision to life. It's taken a village and just choosing the right people, not being frugal when we don't have to. So our photo shoot, for example, that is a big part, you know, how we look. Uh, We wanted to look aspirational. We wanted to look, you know, something that she wants that's no longer a dirty secret that needs to be hidden in a nightstand drawer, but proudly sitting next to on your nightstand or next to your beauty repertoire. So speaking of intention, like you will never see Vela on a pedestal. It's never because pleasure should not be something that comes your way once in a blue moon. You know, this should be at your fingertips whenever you want it. Power of choice was very important. The language around being condom and sex toys compatible was very important. And how do we really say it in the way that it lands with everyone? Also, what was unique about Vela is that it works equally for women as young as 18 and as old as 75. So making sure that our communication resonates with every single person that is our target audience was also so I could have made a language which was very Gen Z focused, very modern, very progressive, very inclusive, but that would alienate my older women. And we didn't want to have that. So we wanted to find a middle path. And I think over a period of six months, we were able to really bounce off. And there were a lot of cancellations too. We started off at a very different place from a design and visual perspective to where we eventually landed. The logo was very intentional with, you'll see an inverted A at the end of Vela that really for us visualizes a pleasure moment for women, you know, almost showing the legs up, like very visual. That was important for us. And let me tell you, I did an A-B test on a lot of concept work and everything that you see in the market is everything that had failed the concept test, but it works in the real world. So, you know, at some point there has to be that intuition as well that, you know, because if there is no playbook, you know, what you're doing is right. And it it feels right. It sounds right. And I think it also helps that Karen and I are both women. So we were able to look at the subject and say, yes, it resonates with us. We would buy something like this. And, you know, not necessarily. I think this is the biggest mistake a marketer can make to think they are the ultimate customer. But a category which is so secretive, never been talked about in public spaces, it was important to get like that female gaze on it in everything that we did. We had very many suggestions from people, from men, surprise, telling us what to do. So gifting the big O and, you know, we've heard all of that. 
But thankfully, we didn't listen. So we are very audacious. We did what felt right to us. And we are very proud of where, you know, the flagship landed eventually and how well we performed with our retail distribution as well as on our D2C site. We get rave reviews about our social media content, also our email newsletters. And that intention, that single-mindedness flows through everything that the customer touches from the brand. But the thing that gives us, in my mind, and I think, Bubble, you'll completely agree, is that we have science to back what we're doing up. We have data that makes us pretty unique in the field. And that gives us the kind of confidence in order to really go out there and have these conversations and to have this kind of messaging that is so point blank about the benefit. Like it'll give you a better orgasm. It works on two out of three women. We're very clear on this. Like it doesn't work on every single person, but we know that. I don't know any other company that has done the rigor that we have done in terms of the product development that gives us the confidence, like I said, to really go out there and sell this. Well, it seems like what we hear most about is what I'm going to call maybe a moment in time when it comes to sexuality, whether it's contraception or fertility. And it's a moment in time versus what you seem to be talking about is more of this like skincare, a regime of pleasure and having the ability to use products every day or as often as you'd like, not just for a moment in time, but rather as a regime. Is that right? Denise, yes and no. And the reason for that is femtech companies traditionally have always ever looked at women as a problem solution, you know? So reproductive health is a problem solution category. Infertility is a problem solution category. And what has been completely overlooked is a benefit of pleasure. Again, we are putting the power of pleasure in your hands. So we are nobody to tell you that this is not regime at all. We are very sex positive and that's the culture we want to drive. And that doesn't mean, you know, have sex every day. Or we are no one to tell you how often to have sex. It's totally up to you. But what we really thought was a white space for us is that no one has talked of female pleasure. And there is a reason for that, because female pleasure is not necessary for procreation, unlike men. And on top of that, female anatomy is much more complicated and complex compared to men. So why bother, right? And that why bother attitude has to change. It is changing in every avenue. And this was something we thought is a space Vela can absolutely dive in. And to what Carolyn said, with the reason to believe that is so compelling, because the work has been done, this product works. That's a big check. So we could have made the same beautiful brand. We could have made the same language. But ultimately, the proof is in the delivery. And if the product wouldn't deliver, we wouldn't last. We wouldn't succeed the way we are. And we wouldn't have the legwork done for us to now innovate into new product innovations that we've just brought to market. I mean, just to like calibrate too, like women weren't allowed in clinical studies till 1987. We have had a very narrow gap of medical doctors studying our health period, what is unique to our bodies, which there's lots of things, our pleasure, our ability to have an orgasm. That's not going to be on the top of that list once they started actually caring, which I would, we can debate about when that would be. Or even it sounds like how Bobo was explaining what they're solving for is problem solution. And where Vela's point of difference, and it's very interesting to hear both of you speak to, is it really is about shining a light and making the important factor, the pleasure, the benefits of what you get from having great sexual experiences. That's where Vela is able to 
and then of course have the science behind it, but really stand out and say, we're not just in this for the problem solution. We're in this for the bigger, bigger gain. Exactly. And something that specifically perturbs me sometimes is that we don't often as women differentiate between wellness and well-being. So, you know, there are a lot of tools available for our wellness, which all fall in the problem solution sort of segment, you know, menopause, and we'll talk about menopause in context of one of our new launches. But there is so much out there to help manage the symptoms of menopause. But in that process, we've forgotten that this is a perfectly sexual being, she's a person beyond her symptoms. And we are overlooking everything else that she may need or want from life. So I think well-being and the pandemic really helped further strengthen that notion, the need. We now know, I mean, we should have always known, but we now know that sexual health is important for your overall well-being. It filters into your mental health. It filters into your emotional well-being, also your physical health. So that's really the space that we thought no one is in today and Vela can rightly own. You did mention something about age groups, which I'd like to kind of explore a little bit more because like you said, you, you know, approached it from a bigger opportunity and you mentioned the 18 to 75. And I think we've talked about a little earlier, even about how you're getting phone calls and so forth from even an older group that maybe you didn't necessarily think was going to be picking up the phone and calling you. So I'd like to know a little bit about this age group that you've been talking about. I find that really interesting. Let me tell you, baby boomers are having a lot more sex than you can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very encouraging. It's been a learning curve for us. We did not think that that's where a substantial chunk of our target is going to sit, but it does. The empty nesters, I believe, you know, they have the money, they have all the time. And why not? You know, they're living post-retirement age group is having a real moment. And this is both men and women. And it's so heartening to see. Think about it. So we are all women here. So we will all resonate with this. Think of your own life as different life stages and your relationship with sex. It has evolved with your evolving bodies and, you know, with time. And there are different moments in time as well. Somebody, you know, postpartum or perimenopausal has a very different attitude even to sex compared to somebody who's in their 20s or even younger exploring. I think women's complex sexual function being three parts, starting with desire. So a lot of these hormonal changes impact that desire, which is basically all happening in the brain. I would even go as far as saying that the biggest sexual organ in anybody's body is actually their brain. But what Vela does is because it works at the site of action, it can help navigate all those hormonal implications that are impacting your desire. It will work just before arousal. And a lot of orgasm-challenged women actually are unable to identify that the problem is most often that they've never been fully aroused. So scientifically, we've been able to tackle that. They're having a fulfilling sexual life. And the positive feedback makes them want to have more and more of it. So guess who has the most time? It's the older women, you know, so they're having a lot of sex. And we know that because we get a lot of reviews. What is also exceptional to to actually take a moment and appreciate is we get a lot of reviews from men writing, you know, they buy the product on behalf of their partners and they are so happy. It's really encouraging to see where the world is. My wife hasn't had like screamed like that since we dated when we were in our early 20s. Like it's oddly touching. <laughs> Obviously, really interesting conversations. And 
you are shining a huge light even for Denise and I, but I have to imagine when you started the company and you went out and started to find investors and fundraising to get this off the ground, maybe you could walk us through a little bit of were there challenges? Did you find a really receptive audience and people excited? Or did you find because of the emerging category and the topic, it more challenging than you were expecting? So I'm based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I was not anticipating to be able to raise money here based off of all the Republicans. But, you know, it was really interesting because I met with a lot of older men who most likely took Viagra, and they automatically kind of understood the benefit of it and the potential for the market of it better than a lot of women did. Because for women, myself included, like I didn't understand arousal period as like, that actually is a physiological change in your body. Like there's things that like your vagina, like elongates, like there's increased lubrication, which that makes sense. But like, there's other like increased blood flow, which that's what allows for the ease of orgasm. But talking to men, I had the ability to compare that to it because of who is working on our team. They got it. Initially, that's where a lot of our investment money has come from, is from older men. I mean, I'm not necessarily proud of that. We have wonderful, wonderful, strong, amazing woman on our investor list as well. Don't get me wrong. But like, that was an unexpected part of this. At the end of the day, they saw the market opportunity and how much money they could potentially make. But it was an uncomfortable conversation for them. They also, you know, were learning things too. But at the same time, they had something to compare it to more directly than a woman has. It was just more of an educational hurdle. Yeah, that's really interesting that what you found was the expectation walking into the room and who would be supportive of it and behind it and willing to make the investment was not actually the group that really truly understood it. Or who would benefit the most from it. You know, a lot of times too, we'd give it to, especially in a place like Tulsa, where there's way more affluent men than there are affluent women. It's just, they control the pocketbooks. But once like we gave the samples and they had their wife try it, that's also was another great <laughs> indicator and and would bring in investment too. I am curious about the accessibility of this type of product, because when you talk about comparing it to something like a Viagra, the accessibility is very different. So from a distribution standpoint, accessibility, where is your target channels of distribution? Where do you see women wanting to buy this type of product or men for that matter? Where do you see them looking to purchase your products? To be clear, we don't compare it to Viagra. Like I can just hear a scientist, Michael and Heron, screaming at me to not do that. <laughs> There's so many implications from the FDA and whatnot. If we did that on any kind of public scale, which I guess this is to some degree, but anyways, Bobo, you take on the rest of the question. Absolutely different from Viagra, which is a prescription product. You know, Vela is positioned as a consumer product. And where, where we see people find most comfort in interacting with the category is definitely online. So, you know, we've seen our D2C really blow up in such a short time. It's a telling sign that we have an email subscriber brace of over 85,000 people, but we don't have a comparable social media following. So publicly, I don't want to let everybody know what I'm following 
But personally, in my email, I want to interact. I want to know more. I want to learn more. So we have a big blog. We have constant promotions that definitely deliver very well. From a retail side, so, you know, while retailers are definitely quick to jump on the trend because it's hard to miss, right? The category is going to grow four times compared to all of the beauty category over the next five years. So they are on the train, but they are still learning on how to bring this to store. So some retailers have been successful in doing so. Blue Mercury and Cosbar are definitely the two that come to our mind because of where Vela is. Like you said, Sephora launched this year, but they are still learning how to bring it to store. It's only.com. So there is a reason for that, because I do believe in the long run, we will find the bulk of sales in this category come from .com, whether it is your D2C platforms or retailer.coms. The nature of the category is such. It's intimate. It's too personal. Even within personal care, it's just too personal. So that's where the comfort lies. And I have an anecdote for that. So in one of our stores, which is one of our best stores, actually, Shen Beauty Brooklyn, we had a market specialist that was assigned to the store. And she told us that a mother and a daughter came in together. They both eyed the product. They both separately said, I will come back later. So they didn't want (laughs) to shop for the product together, which was fascinating. And therefore, I would say my bets will be on .com, on players like Amazon, which is hard to ignore because Amazon has spoiled us all, especially with the pandemic and delivering everything overnight or two days. This was a wild conversation and I really appreciate the insights. I appreciate the deeper dive into understanding not only the category, but even how it came about and where we are today. And it sounds like obviously still so much more to do, obviously opening up our attitudes more like the Europeans that Denise gets to experience where she's at, but really starting to break away a lot of the stigma that we've been talking about this entire show. So Thank you so much, Bubble and Carolyn. I appreciate your time. If our audience wants to get a hold of you or Tavella, what's the best way to reach you? I think the Vela at VelaBioscience.com is an email they can write us at. Yeah, that will get forwarded to either of us. And follow us on Instagram and slide into our DMs. <laughs> and join your mailing list yeah. because it sounds like that is some good information that you're conveying. So I would encourage people to even join that mailing list. Absolutely. Thank you so much for covering this category. It means a lot for this mission that we share. I think you share as well of destigmatizing this topic. So thank you, especially for having us and just highlighting the category in general. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And I think, you know, conversations will drive change. Ultimately, it's so, you know, while we can keep building brands and bringing products, we as women, as cohorts have to keep driving these conversations to help real change happen. So thank you. Well, it's been great having you ladies. Thank you so much. And if you want to keep buzzing with us, head on over to buzzbeauty.com. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>